Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 739, Why You Should Dare to Be Heard, by Suzanne Falter of SuzanneFalter.com. And I'm Dan, I am your host, and I'm here reading to you every single day. Welcome back as we wrap up the weekend here on Optimal Startup Daily, if you're listening in real time. And today we're gonna hear from Suzanne Falter, who has a really compelling personal story, and I'll tell you more about that after the post. But for now, let's get right to the post as we optimize your life. Why You Should Dare to Be Heard by Suzanne Falter of SuzanneFalter.com So you want to be a venture capitalist, write a screenplay, or open a Victorian tea garden like the one you visited once in London and never forgot. So you want to do anything slightly risky that demands a personal vision? You? You? Says the voice as it collapses on the floor in gales of laughter. Who do you think you are anyway? For many of us, This is where the conversation about pursuing our dream begins and ends. Because let's admit it, we're sensible people. We're not the sort who takes huge wild risks. We're not the slightest bit visionary. We don't have a lot of high-minded thoughts that keep us awake at night. And God knows we don't know the first thing those other more successful people must have known before they set off to realize their dream. We're just us. Basic. Flawed. Certainly nothing special. Actually, when you get right down to it, we think we don't really even deserve to have a dream. Still, we do have this annoying idea that keeps surfacing and resurfacing, begging to be explored, teased out, played with, and realized. We keep having these oddly ambitious stirrings we don't completely understand. So we do what we have always done. We ignore them. After all, we're just not the kind of people who go off half-cocked after some so-called dream, right? The truth is that people with creative impulses need to create no matter how uncreative, sensible, logical, and otherwise non-impulsive they consider themselves. If we have a pressing idea, we also have an obligation to explore it and possibly express it, and yet we almost never do. We subscribe to a weirdly common belief that no one wants to hear what we have to say. No one wants to know about our great new idea, patronize a business we might start, attend our would-be productions, or give us any kind of a break. No one. We feel as if the world were just waiting to flatten us with some great universal sledgehammer. This is the soft, dark underbelly of all dreams, the part that's hovering in the shadows, hoping to derail you. And this is the first and seediest demon you will have to confront on this path. The really annoying part is that the demon is you. All that supposed rejection is nothing more than your own twisted imaginings. When examined in the cool, rational light of day by other, more benevolent people, 
your own contribution usually merits a much greater response than you could ever imagine. I will never forget the first time I performed my cabaret act, a two-woman show in which my partner and I wrote and sang all our own music. For months and months we'd worked on the act, composing, harmonizing, writing lyrics, choreographing moves, all the while convinced that what we were doing was good but strange. At least I believe no one in their right mind was actually going to like this stuff, though we might get some polite applause. In fact, we only kept going because we were having fun. Then our opening night rolled around. As we stood on the stage singing our first number, a curious thing happened. People began to smile. They nodded and sat up a little straighter as if they were actually listening. And then a miracle occurred. They laughed. All of them. Loudly, even. The audience got the first joke in the lyrics, then another, and another. They laughed in places I hadn't even anticipated like some fantastic flying machine lumbering into that sacred moment of liftoff. The act was working. And just then, I fully understood the impact of what my partner and I had created, and it shocked me. I was someone worth listening to. People actually wanted to hear what I had to say. The common disposition among us is a painful sort of shyness. People get embarrassed when called forth to be themselves for even a millisecond in front of others. The core belief is that since nothing I say matters to anyone, I will end up looking like a dork. This is the precise feeling that keeps people from feeding their dreams. Oddly enough, that snickering voice of doubt never really goes away. Years go by and you get somewhat used to it as you learn to test the waters more and more, and eventually the voice slides from an obnoxious bellow into more of a background drone. Witness the famous acceptance speech Sally Field made on winning her second Oscar. Quote, I guess you really do like me, don't you? End quote. Observe the fact that Truman Capote was once quoted as saying he'd never written anything he thought was really good, not even breakfast at Tiffany's. Jane Austen wrote of her work, quote, I think I may boast to myself to be with all possible vanity the most unlearned and uninformed female who ever dared to be an authoress, end quote. The point is this, no matter what you take on, insecurity is part of the job description. It's not possible to blaze new trails and forge your own path while remaining on familiar ground. If you want to start a business, you'll take on financial risk. If you want to move to another part of the country, you must plunge yourself and whomever is attached to you into the unknown. If you want to try any endeavor you care about, you're going to have to kick it out of that cozy little nook it has carved in your soul. And you're going to have to stand there and watch your dream as it takes its first baby steps towards fulfillment. This is not an experience for people who crave comfort. Writer Raymond Carver likened publishing his stories to riding at night in the back seat of a driverless car with no lights on. And yet, such vulnerability can be a valuable part of the creative process. An acting teacher I once knew insisted that serious doubt is actually a very good sign, a signal that you're being completely honest and vulnerable in your work. Mark Twain said of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, quote, I like it only tolerably well, and may possibly pigeonhole it, hide it in my desk, or burn the manuscript when it is done, end quote. As for me, I only know that I got through the first novel I published by convincing myself no one would ever read it. I was sure that this was yet another little piece of my own personal weirdness that no one would ever have to sit through. And yet, a major publisher actually published it, and people read it. Daring to be heard, then, is simple. It's recognizing your cascades of self-doubt for what they are. A whole lot of hot air you've cooked up for absolutely no good reason at all. Then it's mustering up the courage to trust yourself, for five minutes anyway, because maybe you really do have something important to say. And ultimately, it's about saying, what the hell?
Daring to be heard means recognizing that if you put your voice out there, all you're going to get back is a yes or a no. The days of public stoning are long over. So is being pilloried. In fact, a large part of the world won't even be paying attention no matter how loudly you scream. Daring to be heard, ultimately, is something great you do for yourself. It's like giving your poor, withered soul some fresh air and sunshine. Daring to be heard means stretching out langoriously in the luxury of a strong opinion, or basking in the joy of planning an endeavor you've always wanted to start. No matter what your medium, the dream is yours and yours alone to realize in your own particular way. With the dream comes the chance to represent yourself to the world in a way that truly matters. Daring to be seen and heard becomes your chance for perfect freedom. It becomes your chance to fly. You just listened to the post titled Why You Should Dare to Be Heard by Suzanne Falter of SuzanneFalter.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. So just go to indeed.com startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to Suzanne. Suzanne Falter is a speaker and podcaster who helps busy women find happiness through self-care. After losing her 22-year-old daughter, Teal, in 2012, Suzanne's work has evolved to help busy people everywhere learn more about self-care and living a life grounded in happiness. Over the last 15 years, Suzanne's work has been featured in more, O Magazine, The New York Times, Tiny Buddha, Elephant Journal, The Wall Street Journal, as well as more than 100 TV and radio programs. She is also the author of How Much Joy Can You Stand, Living Your Joy, and Surrendering to Joy, as well as seven novels. And uh, you can check out her articles and much, much more at SuzanneFalter.com. That's Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, Falter, F-A-L-T-E-R.com. But that's it for another edition of Optimal Startup Daily as we wrap up the weekend. So I hope you've had a great one and uh, I'll be back again with you tomorrow for the Monday show and that is where your optimal life awaits.